earth and his certain return. Today is no different. We're on the fourth Sunday of this little sermon series of Advent, and we're focusing on peace, recognizing God's presence among us each and every day of our lives. I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 1, if you'd like to take your Bible and open up to Matthew chapter 1. And it's a traditional story that you have heard before about Christmas. And I want you to be thinking about these four things as I read through this. As you think about Mary and Joseph, what sacrifices did they make? The second thing, what was their calling? What was God calling them to? The third thing I'd like you to think about is submission. Did they submit to God and show compassion for others? And then the fourth thing I want you to think about is priorities. Were their priorities worldly or were they eternal? In the Pew Bible, it starts on page 1501. I'm going to start reading at verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. It never gets old, does it? Peace that passes all understanding, recognizing God's presence among us. The thesis for today's message is printed in your handout if you grabbed one. True peace that passes all understanding is available for each of us, 
when we recognize God's presence with us and we miss it when we become too engaged, too enthralled, too upset, too nervous, and too busy trying to fix everything all on our own. Mary and Joseph are our examples today. They're real people with real problems. So how did they, in the midst of a busy city where a lot of people were gathering, where there was no room for them in the inn, in the midst of animals and dirt in the barn, how did they get to that point of peace? Silence. Calm. Nostalgic identity of all the earth and its inhabitants in a quiet moment. Awe. Wonder. Respect. Angelic hosts. Harmony deep down in their soul. Baby Jesus. The Lord saves. The virgin birth of Emmanuel, God with us. Let's look at some application from the points of view of Mary and of Joseph. So let's go back to the first thing I wanted you to think about, and that is sacrifice. And ask yourselves this question, what am I willing to sacrifice to realize God's peace? Mary was making an enormous sacrifice. To begin with, she could have lost her beloved Joseph. He and everyone else, you know what it's like, they would form their own obvious conclusions that Mary had been unfaithful and immoral. Even worse, Mary could have lost her life. The law was quite clear about this. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, it says this, If a man happens to meet in a town, a virgin pledged to be married, and he sleeps with her, you shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. Joseph was acting sacrificially. In his mind, he he should be given credit for his second reaction, not this first reaction that was in his mind. Because Joseph was betrothed to Mary to marry her, they call him her husband, he was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, it tells us in verse 19. This was his first reaction. There's a difference between Mary's and Joseph's sacrificial commitment. Mary's sacrifice was brought on by God himself. Joseph's sacrificial commitment was in his mind. Joseph did not immediately wait on God. Joseph would take things into his own hands. He was committed to help Mary, whom he loved. 
So he would quietly divorce her and walk away. Sacrifice is at the heart of Christianity, right? The greatest sacrifice is, of course, Jesus Christ himself. But all Christians are called to sacrifice. We are all called to sacrifice our time, our energy, our autonomy, our pleasure, our selfish behavior, and our selfish ambition. We are called to sacrifice. We may well be called to sacrifice friends or a reputation, but make sure that you're doing it because it is what God wants you to do, not just because that's what's going on in your own mind. Christianity is not easy believism. Jesus died for me. I believe it. Isn't it wonderful? I'm on my way to heaven. I can just continue on my life now just like normal, right? No. This was Joseph's first reaction. Acknowledge God, but figure it out on your own. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That's what we're called to do in our commitment, to make Jesus Lord of our lives, to give him all that we are and all that we have. We need to give, we need to sacrifice all that we are. Trust God with everything. Trust him, knowing that He only wants good for each one of us. He wants to lead us on a path of righteousness. On the personal benefits side, you cannot experience the real benefits of Christianity, the joy, the peace, and the hope without commitment. Sacrifice. What am I willing to do? to sacrifice, to realize God's peace. The second thing I want to look at is calling. What has God called me to do? Mary became the mother of Jesus, the almighty, eternal Son of God, the agent of creation, the one who dwelt in perfect glory of heaven from all eternity and always will, the one through whom the universe was created. God took upon himself humanity in the embryo of Mary's womb. Mary is due our respect. What infinitely greater honor, though, is due the respect, or due our respect, is the baby Jesus. Think of it. The fullness of the Godhead in bodily form dwelt for nine months in Mary's womb. Creation started from nothing. Then there was a point that had no dimensions. How much greater is this concept? God incarnate in a young woman's womb. A single cell without definition, dividing again and again and again as God weaves together the body of his only begotten son, Jesus, 
in Mary's womb, a human cell that divided again and again, God the Father weaving together the body. We don't emphasize Mary as much as our Catholic friends do, but we really should give her some enormous respect for the way that she allowed herself to be used. To be used for God's purposes. She had a calling. She was just a normal human being, just starting her young adult life, answering her call to be the mother of Jesus. What a staggering calling. What about Joseph, his staggering calling? It really was his second reaction when the angel spoke to Joseph in his dream and said, Joseph, you need to marry Mary. Take Mary home as your wife. The angel reassured Joseph in his dream. What is conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. She's going to give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, which means the one who saves. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah. You can find it in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Or here in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 23. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Go on, Joseph. Adopt this child as your own son, your own worldly son. Be a daddy to him. So that God can adopt all the children of the world, to be his own. We must assume that Joseph had no intentions of adopting children. We can tell this because later on, Mary and Joseph gave birth to more children. But Joseph, he he had a staggering calling to be dad, to Jesus, to marry Mary, And be an earthly father. What has God called me to do? The third thing I wanted us to look for was submit. Do I submit to God and show compassion to others? Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Mary accepted her mysterious pregnancy and did not abort. She submitted to God. She took time to consider what was happening. She was concerned for Joseph's well-being. She had compassion for him. And Joseph, he set an example for us in his balance between strict obedience of the law divorce her quietly, and compassion. Joseph's obedience to the law was not just legalistic. In his first reaction, he wanted desperately to obey the law, but he also wanted to show compassion for Mary because he was concerned for her well-being. 
Then Joseph was submissive to God because God's plan was plainly revealed to him. Joseph modeled for us a great balance of righteousness, of compassion, and of love. The same things that Jesus would model for us in his lifetime. Do I submit to God and show compassion to others? And then the fourth thing we need to consider in this reading from the gospel are priorities. And we need to think for ourselves, what are our priorities? Are they worldly or are they earthly? Or worldly, earthly, or eternal? Although still in the passions of their youth, and no doubt strong with emotions from everything that was happening with them, we all remember those times, right? We were teenagers. Mary and Joseph had direct interactions and communications with God. They allowed their faith in God to overcome their feelings and their desires to control their own life. Mary and Joseph walked in obedience to God's instructions. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. This is just what Mary and Joseph did. They trusted God even when it did not make sense because they knew God. God's ways were higher than their ways. Mary protected her pregnancy. She went to visit her relative Elizabeth. Elizabeth was in her own age or old age and she was living her own miracle. She was pregnant with John the Baptist. In the fourth month, Mary returned to Joseph and discussed this miraculous conception. Wow. Can't imagine what that discussion was like. But Joseph trusted God, even when it didn't make any sense, because he knew God's ways were higher than his ways. They put their priorities in the eternal rather than the worldly. I want to consider for a moment this morning Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I've always been intrigued by this verse, and especially that one phrase in this verse, and the government will be on his shoulders. Hmm. It means something like this. The weight of the world will be on his shoulders. What a profound truth that we need to hear today. A profound truth, especially for those of us who feel like 
we are bearing the full weight of the world on our own shoulders. Throughout the year, or especially during this Christmas season, maybe you can relate to a gentleman named George McCausland. Some 50 years ago, he was asked to come and serve at the YMCA in Pennsylvania near Pittsburgh. It was a situation where that particular YMCA was losing a lot of money. They were losing membership, and they were losing staff. McCausland came in, and he worked 85 hours a week trying to solve that problem. He found himself getting little sleep at night, even when he did finally lay down. And he took very little time off. And even when he was away from the job, he found himself worrying about it and fretting about the problems at the YMCA. He visited a Christian counselor. And the counselor warned him he was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Somehow he needed to let go and let God take charge of his problems. But how do you do something like that? Too often we just try to fix our own problems. The counselor told him, you need to fix your priorities. And the breakthrough did finally come one day. One day when George took a notebook and ventured out into the forest, not far from where he lived, all by himself. As he walked through the cool of the woods, he could feel his muscles finally starting to relax. He sat down next to a tree and sighed, and he felt an ease that he hadn't felt for months. He actually began to experience peace. Do you have a safe place like this in your life? George took out his notebook, and he decided that he was going to write a letter to God. Dear God, today I hereby resign as general manager of the universe Love, George. And looking back on that moment, he reflects with a twinkle in his eye, and wonder of wonders, God accepted my resignation. I think many of us need to do that. We need to do what George did. We need a peace in our lives by establishing healthy priorities. We need to resign from being general manager of the universe. And we need to put the weight of the universe back on his shoulders, on God's shoulders. Are you worn out from trying to solve every problem? Helping your children? Taking care of your parents? Getting your co-workers and your boss shaped up? Trying to fix your siblings, your parents, your roommates, your friends, your grandchildren, your neighbors, and yes, the church? Are you exhausted from trying to repair all the broken people in all their messed up situations 
all around you? No wonder you're tired all the time. No wonder you get discouraged. No wonder you are ready to quit. Here's where the message of Christmas becomes all important in our lives. We need to ponder that baby in the manger. He came to set us free. Free from the terrible burdens that we carry. And free from the inevitable failures that we will create. That we will create by trying to run the universe by ourselves. We cannot do it. We need a Lord of our life. A Lord that can run the universe. A Lord of our life that can run the church. We've got him. His name is Jesus. The one who saves. Christ. The anointed one of God. Emmanuel. God with us. Let the weary world rejoice. Christ is born. He can carry the full weight of all your problems, for the government is on his shoulders. Reflect this week, sacrifice. What am I willing to sacrifice to realize God's peace? Consider your calling. What is God calling you to do? And try to submit. Do I submit to God and show compassion to others? And how about my priorities? Are my priorities worldly? Or are they eternal? Let's pray. True peace that passes all understanding is available to each of us when we recognize God's presence among us. Lord, forgive us when we miss this true peace of Christmas because we became too engaged, too enthralled, too upset, too nervous too busy trying to fix things our own way. Lord, may we cast all these burdens upon you because you are Lord of all. Thank you for this Advent season as we look forward to celebrating Christmas yet again this week. Let the weary world rejoice. Help us to find the river's of peace. In Jesus' name, amen.